Hi, this is Sasha Pate, and you're listening to Sonic Perspectives. I'm Rodrigo Altaf, and this is another interview for Sonic Perspectives. Here with me today is one of the most prolific producers and guitar players in metal, Mr. Sasha Paith. Sasha, how are you today, man? I'm fine. How are you? Good, good. Uh, we're going to talk about your new project, Masters yes. of Ceremony. And yes. uh, I understand this project was discussed with Frontiers Records for many years, right? That's true. Like, actually, I mean... Serafino, who is the boss there, he called me a couple of times for a couple of years. And uh, then I just, after, <laughs> I could just say I gave up after a couple of years, but it's not true. I just, I always had this, this in my mind, but I've never, it was never the right time in a way. And I really couldn't think about it deeply enough. And uh, last year, I just thought I, maybe I should do it now. And uh, yeah, and also... What he had in mind in the first place was more like of a project, but I wanted to do not a project like Aventasia or something like it. I wanted to do, if I do something, I wanted to do my own band, like more like a band, right? Yeah. And not like a project with like lots of guests, but like with people that are actually real uh, uh, close with and, and that I'm, I can tour with and really do stuff together and also work on the stuff mm. uh, together. Yeah, especially later on, because on the first album, uh, I tried to set a direction a little bit more. And uh, because uh, just to make sure that I will do or we will do the music that I really intended to do for a project or for a band that I now, okay. I mean, because I mean, uh, I'm not getting getting younger, right? <laughs> and uh, I don't want to do like a, a super many experiments. I want to do stuff that I really think is right and uh, find the right people for it with uh, creating something uh, beforehand a little bit. And that's what I did. And um, uh, But uh, also letting, of course, like influences in already, especially of Adrian, she, uh, like, who's the singer. Uh, I let her, uh, I mean, we, we, she co-wrote some songs already, but for the future, I plan to have the band integrated even more. I think I can see the reality pretty clear. Uh, you have to work such a thing. It's not going to, I'm not going to bring something out and it's going to go through the ceiling. I have to work on the stuff and we have to play live and we have to uh, bring it closer to the people. And uh, hopefully one day it's an established uh, band that will have su some success, but I'm not expecting the record is coming out and it's going uh, top 10 and I'm very disappointed if not, is not the case. I'm, uh, I'm trying to be realistic here. <laughs> I really hope people enjoy it as much as we did enjoy the work on it. Okay. Uh, and I know the connection between between you and Adrian Cohen. You produced yes. the album of her band, uh, Seven Spires. But what yes. kind of process did you go through to select the other band members? Uh, basically, uh, first of all, I, I didn't really produce it. I, I worked on the mix and gave some uh, tips and this and that. But uh, okay. they did most of the recordings and stuff uh, on their own. And uh, so I basically mixed it and uh, also worked on the new one actually and uh, okay that and then uh, this when the singer uh, Adrian was clear that she's going to be the singer uh, actually a little bit before already it was clear that I wanted to have Andre and uh, Felix in my band 
Andre Meigenfeld uh, and Felix Bonke, they also play in Avantasia, in the live band. So we tour the world since years together. And uh, especially Andre, I know since forever, actually. I know okay. Felix since, since a long time too, very long time. But Andre, I know since we were 12 years old, we had the first band together when we were 12 years old. So that's really a long time ago. So it's uh, he comes here from just around the corner. We grew up in the same village, and uh, it's it's somehow like a miracle that we like do stuff together oh, over so many years in a way. And Felix is such, such a good guy. I really wanted to have people also such a good guy wanted to have people that i really like and uh, that, that are friends and that are good and i really found this was these two guys and also corvin who came in the band a little bit later is uh, somebody that i knew from a while ago before uh, working with uh, the first time i think we met was when we were working with holy john road uh, okay. i recorded an album for him and um, it was the scorpions revisited album and uh, then we did a couple of things together on this uh, cruises, uh, full metal cruises. And then we did, uh, he did some keyboards for some productions that I was working on. And uh, we did a full production together where I was a guitar player and he was a keyboard player too. Uh, like uh, a different kind of feel was not really heavy metal. It was more like a rock, folk, blues direction with an, uh, somebody from London, a very, very talented young singer. And uh, his name is John Colover. And so we did quite some things together. And I'm really happy to have him on board as well. And I think it's a really cool, complete live band that we have now. And I'm really looking forward to uh, hitting the road, actually, with these guys and what right. is good. Yeah. And the first thing that jumped at my ears at, uh, is how much heavier the album is than the other bands you're involved with. Uh, was that your intention when you started this project? No, a little bit. It's like uh, my basic uh, intention is uh, heavy metal is raw music or should be raw music and uh, should be right in your face. And uh, this is the right atmosphere for heavy metal music just for my taste. And uh, I had the feeling... This is a little bit lost nowadays. The, the, the stuff is getting cleaner and it's getting more like totally produced, totally, sometimes, over, sometimes overproduced. And I really wanted to create something that hits you like a, a hammer, you know, like something that is more like direct and ah, true is the wrong word, maybe, uh, but uh, just something that is just emotionally has an emotional impact on you because of his roughness as well because this is what this music is telling me actually yeah and uh, i can definitely tell on the guitar tone that you chose for the album there's so much grit in it right yeah <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah i guess it's a, it's a natural choice based on you know your intention with this album yes yes no no everything like i did there was just out of my we say in germany out of my belly you know, mm -hmm. I don't really think too much. Actually, I just do stuff uh, the way it comes comes handy and comes natural to me. So I just, you know, I don't plan this like, oh, I have to make a more gritty guitar tone on this album to, to right. this and that. I just do stuff and don't think about it too much. Okay. 
And the first song reviewed to the public was uh, The Time Has Come, which the yes. fans to have loved, right? It's a proper yes. way to start an album like that, I would say, yeah? Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it's a it's a heavy metal statement in a way. It's a, it's a, it is the fastest and maybe hardest song. This depends a little bit on how you perceive hard mm-hmm. uh, on the album. Uh, and I thought uh, maybe it's going to shock some people a little bit. Some people were a little bit surprised, actually. Yeah, but I think everything that heavy metal is for me somehow is in this song. Well, not everything, but uh, a big portion of the, the characteristic of where this album also should go is in that song. Uh, okay, it's the hardest and fastest, but I really thought it's like, hello, here we are, is the mm-hmm. best way to say hello in a way. There are, there are some, I mean, there are also other hard songs on, the, on this album, but uh, different. There are also other fast songs, but also different. But uh, generally, I have to say, the whole album has this uh, little bit rougher approach, a little bit more raw, raw approach, in a way. Like yeah. the song has... I, I like the video that you did for that song. Uh, and you're using a guitar that's not usually seen associated with power metal bands. And also, Andre is using a double bass. Yes. Uh, so vintage instruments on that uh, on that video. Yeah. It's not really a vintage instrument that I'm using. It's like it's a new guitar. <laughs> and uh-huh. I'm playing these guitars since years. They're called Duesenberg. Actually, uh, I, just, I just went off the phone with uh, Ingo from Duesenberg. And we're working on my own model at the moment. Oh, okay. I already uh, has some some a little uh, video out of this, so this is gonna come out soon, and uh, so it's it also looks a bit vintage actually. I love yeah. this stuff. Uh, it's not a hollow body this time, but I use this uh, hollow body a lot actually. This exactly this black one that you see in the video. I love okay. this guitar. It's, uh, I use it on. I think so. It's on 95%. The, the sound on this album is this guitar. And the other song that was already revealed is Sick, which is quite a showcase of Adrian's voice and more of a yeah. hard rock approach on that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's more, this is the most hard rock approach on more or less on the album, I would say. So it's, this is really showing two different sides musically, but it's, it's also the hardest one vocal wise. I mean, it's just, yeah. the performance is just sick on this one she goes everywhere right yes yes absolutely it's uh i think it's amazing some people were of course this is like polarizing in a way some people were shocked when (laughs) this was out was like what the fuck this vocal you know but you know i I just simply love the way she does this because this is not like a you know we were talking about like a natural approach of aggressiveness yeah (laughs) Uh, and this is what it is to me I mean, talking about sick, like the, the, the whole topic there, is, this is not like somebody tries to learn to how to grunt and plus just mm. puts it out there. This is somebody just screaming at you right in your face and you're going to be, you gotta, I mean, you almost have to shit your pants. <laughs> I mean, it's like, uh, this is what it is, actually. And it uh, almost frightens me. I was never really a super big fan of growls and grunting in a way, you know, but only because a lot of times I hear this and it's quite unnatural uh, a sound, but here it's an emotion as well. And this is why I like it. And just before Sick on the album, we have a very emotional song called The Path where she also shines I, I, I yes. do believe she can sing anything and you're being quite a vehicle for her right yes so uh, 
that was uh, quite some <laughs> playground in a way where that mm. I could basically almost do almost everything that I intend to do with the vocal she she could deliver in a way and, and also she of course widened the spectrum with her own ideas and uh, it's like for example I was not really aware that she can sing this this high so so uh, we, I was working on songs and this and that, and then she was. And I was asking her, "But what's your range actually? When how high can I go when I do a melody? Because I have this song here, it's pretty much really high." And she said, "Just do whatever you think, and I will try to make it." <laughs> and she, and she it was this uh, one song on the album. The name is uh, "Where Would It Be." Yeah. And it's and it's uh, the chorus is like incredibly high, but and it was like wow, she can sing that high, but she even put a harmony on top of this, and it was like this amazing how high this is, and so there's a really wide range to her voice. Yeah, now they mentioned uh, where would it be? I I picked uh, like a country influence on that song. Am I right in that assumption? I somehow mm-hmm. there's a country vibe for me at least. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I never thought about this. Yeah, maybe the vocal because melody of, because. Yeah. Oh, I thought because of the you mean because of the groove. Yeah, the groove or the vocal melody the, on the chorus. The, the groove is a little bit, a little bit like a, a Brazilian groove in a way. Oh yeah. You know, I remember it from back in the days uh, of the first Angra recordings when the whole Angra group dancing in front of me <laughs> in a row dancing this uh, this groove to me, and they oh, told man. me <laughs> even this song that, that had a similar groove. Uh, we had the, the working title was this, but I just forgot the name of it. But okay. I have to I have to look it up actually. <laughs> yeah, I have to go back to that song to to be able to remember. But uh, yeah. I'll be sure to let you know. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. Uh, and let me ask you about the title track, which is the last one on the album. Uh, is that the first song you wrote for the band? And what does the name "Signs of Wings" mean? It is not. Uh, it's not actually the first one I wrote. The first one I really finished was the opener, mm. The Time Has Come. Okay. And this, uh, Science of Wings, I had this title uh, very early and uh, actually I did not have the song. And, and mm. this is one of the songs I did the, towards the, uh, the second quarter of the album, uh, of the writing. Uh, I did this song and uh, I wanted to do a song with this title, of course, mm-hmm. and I had some stuff in mind, and yeah, then I did it. And uh, the, the, I mean, the title means it's like uh, usually I try to have like not only one very straight meaning in a title, so the it t- talks about different type of types of things in, in the same time. Okay. But you can you can look at it also as uh, uh, signs of wings, uh, as a new start for something. Uh, and uh, hope hope is a good metaphor for this uh, if you read the lyrics you will probably understand uh, I mean I really don't like to explain lyrics completely mm-hmm. because then uh, the, the magic is a little bit gone <laughs> it's, it is partially uh, hope and uh, a new begin which in Science of Wings is a metaphor for okay very cool, very cool. And the last one I have to comment on is Die This Just a Little, because to me, I, I found it to be almost like a metal version of Night in White Satin. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I don't okay, know, I think that connection somehow. First, yeah. first, first person that says this, actually. But, I, I mean, it's I have this all the time. I mean, I listen to some stuff, and it reminds me to... It doesn't necessarily have to be the same melody, but, but the feeling reminds me to something. Yeah, but, it's a vibe. Yeah. I, I have to think about 
it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely different, but uh, you know, uh, probably it is because it's a six eight. Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. and a uh, six eight is always particular in a way. And uh, there's qu probably quite some songs you could quote with that feeling. Yeah, but uh, I, I love this song. I, I think it's a very dark uh, song yeah. with a great vocal performance. And you're also involved as a producer and musician in Avantasian, which uh, released the amazing Moon Glow this year. And there are still tour dates later in the year. Yes. Um, how are you going to manage the demand for your new band with Avantasia? Uh, how are you planning to manage that? Oh, oh I just do it. I mean, I always plan to uh, always manage somehow uh, everything in a way. I think uh, maybe Adrian even has a harder time to manage this because she, <laughs> has, she has on top the Seven Spires band. Yeah. And she also plays keyboards. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Mm. Oh, she's, yeah, she does all the uh, orchestration on her album. She also played uh, the piano on the path, for example. Okay. Okay, and, right. Uh, so, yeah, she's, she's a full musician. <laughs> a very I know. She's I, I saw her YouTube channel as well where she's, she's doing like vocal lessons. It's amazing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's very good. Very, uh, very kind. And you've produced more than 200 albums. What kind of process do you go through these days when you're selecting what kind of project to be involved in? Because you must be very much on demand, right? Yeah, um, uh, it totally depends on me. Uh, it depends a little bit. Like sometimes friends will call me that I know for years, so that's a different thing. Uh, mm. And of course, I try a lot to work with friends that I know. <laughs> and mm. sometimes it's just people send me stuff and I find it interesting. Uh, yeah, it really depends. I mean, sometimes it's also just some some offer comes in the right moment, and I'll just say, "Yeah, well, let's do it." Right? Mm. Uh, I, I mean, I don't have any particular method to choose what I'm working on. I have probably I have more uh, demand than I can actually do, mm -hmm. but um, it's not that I get a production offer every day. So, but uh, I have quite some work and I cannot do everything and sometimes I for everybody that listens and ever sent me something and I didn't reply sometimes I fuck it up as well because there's <laughs> too many sometimes too many mails and I forget to answer and it's just some stuff I already fucked up and uh, it's never on purpose but it's just I'm a little bit over overworked here and there and mm. uh, uh, sometimes I dive down in this into my own world and then it's hard to keep track with some stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah I'm not, not, I don't really have, I mean, uh, a method that I'm choosing. But of course, I try to, uh, I mean, I'm working on Invitasia and I try to do the next one as well and the next one as well. Since, I mean, of course, because I like it. Really. But the most important thing is that I like the people. I could never do something only for the sake of success or whatsoever. It has to be, I want to work with people that I like and they have to be nice people in a way, which I find, you find out pretty quickly when you just talk to them. That's what I regularly do. Okay. And would you consider doing something uh, completely left field and work with a band of a completely different style? Uh, and if so, which band or style would you choose? Oh, uh, I'm doing this already. I mean, I'm doing this here and there. I always did it. And uh, right now I'm working with an artist from London. I talked about this before. His name is John Colover. And he's a super cool uh, guy, pretty young, in the end 20s. And, uh, like, I just, like I said before, uh, has a folky, also punky, independent, uh, uh, bluesy influence. 
all together. Okay. So a lot of stuff is acoustic, and we are recording everything live and stuff like this. You know, it's yeah. And right. I just uh, had just had an offer for like a blues, a blues band uh, oh, wow. that I'm probably recording. I mean, it's good to do different stuff uh, to uh, to just be refreshed <laughs> musically, also not to to be just to do always the same, right? But I have to say, my speciality probably is this uh, this stuff. <laughs> yeah, in a way, and that's what I'm known for. But I, I love to do the other stuff as well. And uh, nowadays, people can easily record an album at home. Uh, yes. with their own gadgets and apps. Do you think this devalues the work that you do as a producer and arranger and uh, mixing engineer and whatnot? No, no. Uh, the only thing... Uh, no, but, I mean, it's getting... Uh, okay, it's getting harder to get... Not for me, because I'm already established in a way, but if you want to establish yourself as a producer nowadays, you have a harder time, because, uh, yeah, it's... Many people do this at home, and yeah. uh, to to find recognition. Now it's not so easy, but uh, for me it's not really a big problem at the moment because, yeah. <laughs> so I have enough work, you know, and uh, people that can actually afford to get somebody else involved uh, usually appreciate this opinion and. Uh, to get somebody that is uh, is a specialist on something, on a particular thing. Let it be mastering, let it be... Uh, everybody also does his own keyboards now, does his own whatsoever orchestra arrangements, but that does not mean everybody can do it in a proper way. Uh, you can do it because, I mean, uh, practically, uh, you have maybe an orchestra, but it's maybe not the same as when somebody like Miro or Corbin does it. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it doesn't that you have the technical possibilities at your hand doesn't really mean that you can do it in the same way. So the differences got smaller from an amateur production to a professional production. The differences are smaller because the tools are easily accessible now. I mean, you can do a production with just with your laptop and it sounds, it's gonna sound great if you know how to handle it. But a lot of stuff that I heard nowadays, I don't like it so much also, because uh, it's, it's a little bit like drag and drop, you know? Where you hear the same sounds like presets. You people use, yeah. stop using presets, which kind of works in a way, but all sounds alike. And uh, I miss uh, I miss I miss charisma and character. I miss uh, I mean people like bands meet a meet up in a place and on a, on a let's say uh, like a metaphor on this little island and produce their music and are like in a certain mood and you can hear it right. Uh, this doesn't happen when you work it work it in this modern way. And I still like this because something is happening that you cannot really plan, right? So it is sometimes good, and I'm also using this with other people because some people are able to use it, of course. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, new talents you can discover new talents because they that usually would not have have had the possibility to work in a studio. And you know, not everybody needs a little bit of luck. Also, back in the day, you needed some somebody that helps you or uh, to get into a studio, get into this environment to really work there. Maybe a certain type of mentality to, that you go uh, like to a, to a studio and like, hey, here I am, can I work? Can I cook some coffee for you? That was how it worked back in the day. Now you can just buy a laptop and do some productions and release it. And then maybe if, if you're good, somebody would come to you, you know? I started 
because I was were helping out on Heaven's Gate, my own band. Uh, I was just helping out a little bit in the production because I was interested. I was the one who was doing the demos on for the band. And then I was helping out in the production, like doing some tape handling and this and that. And I was just interested and in, uh, doing the second album, uh, Living in Hysteria, like uh, the second full-length album we did with Charlie Bauerfeind. And this mm -hmm. is when I was more or less more introduced, introduced in this work. And Charlie, after all, asked me if we want to work as uh, as a team. Uh, so that was how I got into that. I mean, so and from that point on, we just uh, were traveling through Europe, more or less, uh, doing productions together. So I could learn a lot. Still, that day, back in the day, when we started, it was recording on tape, and then ADETs came, and we had the first uh, Pro Tools systems, uh, one of the first actually in Germany, if not the first bigger one. And uh, so I had these possibilities very early, and I'm very thankful for this. And this was because Charlie asked me because he, yeah, he thought I, I could be, uh, I could be a help for him. And uh, yeah, we worked together for five years or something, or four or five years on many, many albums. I, I don't know how many exactly we did together. The first one we did, I mean, was a German band. It's called THC, I think. <laughs> uh, that was just basically my uh, jump into the cold water, how we say in German. And uh, after that, uh, was already Angel's Pride for, for right. England. And uh, from that point, and that was very successful. We went gold in Japan, and then we just did many from Gamma Ray to Running Wild to more Angra and mm -hmm. whatsoever. I mean, we did really a lot of stuff together. It was a good time, actually. I learned a lot from this time and from him. Right. Well, thank you for mentioning Angra, because I was going to ask you about that. It's something, I, as a Brazilian, I can't not ask you about, uh, because you work with Angra, and then you work with Andre Matos on the Vivo uh, project. Yes. Or can you tell us about working with him? It was a sad loss for the metal community this year. Yes. Uh, how was it for you to receive the news that he passed away? Uh, it was horrible because um, uh, I, I, I had to deal with quite some uh, news like this in the past years with mm. a couple of people and it happened to me. But this was hitting me also particularly hard in a way because, I mean, I spent a lot of time with Andre, uh, especially uh, in the 90s. Mm -hmm. he, he's, he, he spent a lot of time in my home uh, living here for a while and we did a lot of things together, working on Angra, working on Shaman, working on uh, Virgo, uh, or just working on stuff, I don't know. And uh, it was always a good time. It was a very close relation. That was also because the, the reason why we did the Virgo thing. Uh, we already started talking about this on in the recordings of Angels Cry. I still remember that when looking back, uh, recording vocals and stuff uh, throughout the nights on Angels Cry, and like uh, Wuthering Hates. I will never forget this recording until the morning, uh, seven in the morning or something, you know. And it was we always had these talks about music, and uh, we had a similar interest. And from that day on, we talked about doing an album one day that is different from metal because we both worked. I mean, we we were both kind of young. Um, mm. He's one year. He was one year younger than me. I think one year. Yeah. And uh, actually, it's his birthday, and on the, it would have been his birthday on the week on the fourteenth. And uh, yeah. yeah, so we're pretty close. Mine, my birthday was yesterday. Not yet that you <laughs> say right. anything. Thank you very much. But um, so uh, yeah, we were always very close. It was, and we played together in Brazil on the last show of the of the round the world tour. 
aus Avantasia, äh, Shaman, played right in front of us uh, in uh, Sao Paulo and he joined us for one song. And I didn't see him for a couple of years, actually. I mean, I just didn't, there was no opportunity that we could meet and we didn't have a lot of contact, but I always, I mean, I, I was talking about him a lot, actually, with friends mm -hmm. and stuff. We all, he always was in our minds and he still is, even though now he sadly passed away. Yeah. And it's like, uh, it was horrible because I met him. I just, I will never forget because, uh, I came there and he was, I met the guys first, one uh, person I saw was Lewis, I, I think with his, his kids that I'd never met before. And it was like, Lewis, hey, wow, I didn't know that. And I was so happy to see the guys. And then I saw Hugo and, uh, and, and Lewis. And, and, uh, oh. <laughs> Emotional. Uh, and then I asked, like, where's Andre? And he was in, in his, um, and uh, Ricardo, I forgot, sorry. I, I, uh, Ricardo, I met, of course. And yeah. I really, really was so happy uh, to, to see the guys. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I was watching also uh, a part of, uh, a big part of the show. And, mm -hmm. uh, but before I met Andre in his, in his dressing room. And we had like a big hug and it was uh, almost weird, I have to say, because uh, such a long time and he, but he was, yeah, uh, it, it was so good to, to see him again. And uh, so he said like, I'm going to come by in Germany. I really have to visit you with my son and this and that, you know, and I was really, really happy and uh, said this, uh, I talked about this at home actually uh, when I, because after the show, uh, unfortunately we didn't see again and I never knew I don't know why, actually. They were actually gone after after our Avantasia show. I just saw, saw him the last time on stage with us. And after, maybe he wasn't feeling fine. I don't know. He was not there anymore after the show. And uh, But we were leaving. So there was a backstage party because it was the last day of the tour, right? So mm -hmm. uh, it was not a big party, but we just had some capellinias and stuff like this and uh, went to bed and then uh, flew very early in the morning to Germany, back to Germany. And uh, I was actually, I remember sitting here with my family uh, and with my daughter and stuff and talking about Andre and uh, always telling the stories, uh, like things that he did. He was kind of funny every once in a while. So, yeah. but this, uh, these, these stories, <laughs> I cannot start with that now. Uh, and so I would, but I told these old stories again and I was so happy that I, met him and he's going to come by and, and ask my daughter, like, do you remember him well? And isn't that because oh, it's a while ago that he was here. And of course she said, I remember him well. And uh, yeah. And I was kind of happy. And then two days later or the three days later, when we talked about this, it was all, all, only like five or six days after this show. I don't, I think the show was Sunday and he passed yeah. away on, uh, on Saturday. And I heard this, uh, I, I, I got, I got an SMS actually from Toby. He heard it uh, mm -hmm. then, and I almost I just could not believe it. I was like, "What?" Yeah, it was really oh, unbelievable. It was yeah. surreal. It was surreal. It was totally surreal. I could just not believe it. And uh, but it, like already, like one or two hours later, the internet was full. Yeah, full of stuff. I mean, I think it took maybe two hours from from this. All, uh, like at first it was just an SMS and then I called back from this to, uh, to until it started spreading around the internet and yeah. I was 
shocked for days, to be honest. I was really shocked. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, what can I say? I will never forget it. <laughs> Yeah, well, thank you for that. I, I'm a big fan, and it still warms my heart to hear stories about him. So I thank you for sharing. I have yeah. a lot of stories about him. If you want to share one day, <laughs> well, maybe one yes. day we'll plan for that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, going back to Master of Ceremony, I think uh, the intention, as you said, is to go out on tour to promote the album. How soon can we hear about the tour dates? We have a tour that we're talking about at the moment, uh, but it's not confirmed, and I really hope that it's going to happen because. Uh, Yeah, we just really need to tour now and I really want to show this to the people in life, in a life way. Yeah, I really hope it's going to happen as soon right. as possible. But, and probably not before the uh, beginning of next year. Okay, okay. I'm curious about the plans in terms of set list for the show since you only have 11 songs to play so far. Oh, that's... You, uh, anything you consider? Uh, yes, I would do something interesting maybe. Uh, that's what I actually considered from the beginning on. It means... I thought it's maybe interesting for the people if I also play some of the songs because I, I wrote a lot of songs for uh, other bands and other people throughout, especially the last years. So okay. I thought uh, part of the program, I will play songs that I wrote for other bands or, oh, cool. or, or I co-wrote uh, for other bands. So uh, I probably uh, will play a little bit of Camelot as well, a little bit of uh, Heaven's Gate. Uh, maybe a song of Avantasia mm -hmm. and stuff like this you know so I will play some songs from my past that suit our program and uh, make this I don't know a third of the show maybe is something like this because it's, it's a part of me and we chose we will choose songs that suit Adrian and I think it's, uh, yeah, it's it's not only cool for the beginning I mean What can you do? Play one album and then you're done, yeah. right? Uh, but it's also uh, for loosening, loosening up the atmosphere in a way. And I think it's pretty cool to do this. Yeah, yeah that's what I would do. Yeah. Well, I could stay and talk to you for like at least another hour, man, but we have to wrap this up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thank you very much yeah. for your Thank patience you. already. Yeah. No worries. Uh, thank you for your time, and I hope the new record goes uh, way above your highest expectations. <laughs> uh, oh, that would be great. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Okay, then no have Thanks. Nice day. Thank you, too. Bye. You, too. Bye-bye. Okay, folks, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed my interview with Sasha Peth. Make sure you follow Sonic Perspectives on Facebook and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll wrap it up with a song from Masters of Ceremony's debut album, Signs of Wings. The song is called The Time Has Come. Take care, and crank it up!